You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, counsel. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. (laughs) Just look at the flowers. Welcome to the first episode of Televised Heroics. We are part of the Geek League Radio Network, and we're trying to talk about the different TV shows out there that are about superheroes and comic books, basically. What do you think, Daniel? I think uh, this is a great idea. Um, I mean, by now, <laughs> everyone has gotten used to <laughs> So you think we have a great idea, huh? Yep. <laughs> Well, in the sense, what, yeah, yeah, I th- <laughs> oh, what's up? I think we have a great idea too. <laughs> I guess what uh, what I'm trying to say is what makes me so excited about it. It's just that the comic wo- comic book world is not only just transferring over to the big big screen. Now it's you know the I guess the silver screen in our own TVs, and we can actually watch and have more time for for the actual TV show to tell a story than to have it being rushed to about two and a half hours like how we've been seeing that's true we you know you do see a lot of the movies where they end up trying to cram in so much into just two and a half hours or three hours when a whole tv season would probably do better like we're gonna get civil war in two and a half hours when that book probably deserves like a whole season exactly and then there's just so many side stories um, from Civil War that we're not going to be able to see. They might take little examples here and there, but we're not going to see the full thing. Exactly, yeah. So, But not to say that we're not excited for seeing <laughs> Civil War also. That <laughs> one should be awesome as well. I think that's one good thing about like uh, Civil War, with, or at least Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. They have their TV universe that also mixes in with the the, the movies. Uh, which is something I would, you know, would love to see DC do, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon or at all. Yeah, I doubt it's going to happen at all. It's Warner Brothers really seems to like to separate the two TV and, and movies. Which makes no sense. We already got used to, I guess, the cast playing those characters, and they're already evolved into those characters and identify those personas. So just to get another actor, another person play that same character just doesn't really do it for me but again can't judge haven't seen anything yet that's true that's true we haven't seen it. i but i i i would sit there and judge prehand anyways because <laughs> i don't think the actor they got to play uh the flash in the movie universe is gonna do anything <laughs> i know i have my fears about that <laughs> i i mean don't get me wrong ezra miller i think that's his name ezra miller he's a, a good enough actor i saw perks of being wallflower uh, I saw him in what is it the TV show uh, Royal Pains. He's good enough. I mean, he's a pretty decent actor. I just don't see him as Barry. Exactly, and I guess it just has to come down to the convincing. Does he know what he's doing? Does he, you know, did he do his research on the character? 
You know, that's funny, though, is uh, taking a look at a lot of the different directors, some of them want the actors to do the research on, on the characters, and some of them don't. Like, some of them don't even want them to look at a comic book. Like, that's what I heard uh, They did, Josh Trank did with uh, the Fantastic Four characters. They didn't want anybody to, to read any of the comic books. He didn't want anybody to read any of the comic books. Wow. Good. So, yeah, that, you know, that might contribute to why that didn't do so well. But then again, you know, I, I doubt Tim Burton wanted anybody to read any Batman comic books either. I, I believe that as well. But we're here to talk about TV shows and what's on the small screen. So I think next season, what I came up with is there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, The Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Gotham, and Jessica Jones, and The Walking Dead. So much to cover. <laughs> I know. I don't know if we'll be able to do it all in an hour. <laughs> I was to say we might have to do maybe two episodes a week or something, just to cover as much as possible as we possibly can. We we might we might. Uh, I think I think we keep our reviews of the episode precise, and then what we expect from the next episode, and we should be able to get through a few of the shows every week, maybe three, two or three. One can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> of all those shows, what are you most excited for? I want to say The Flash season two. That I just blew me away watching that preview. Yeah, the preview for The Flash season two, that does look pretty good. I mean, they're going to be bringing in alternate realities and different worlds. I think it's crazy how day and night different that show is from Arrow, which is they're both in the same universe, you know? Yeah. And then... Just the way it ended, saying Zoom is coming, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> so is that supposed to be like Hunter Zolomon Zoom? Or is it going to be, are they talking about Professor Zoom and like uh, the Reverse Flash coming back? I'm going to say they probably are going to do Reverse Flash coming back. That's I feel that's what they're going to take. Okay, so maybe before, since, I mean... That's the tricky thing about villains who time travel. They always exist somewhere in, in the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I think even he managed to whisper something in the first season to Barry when, you know, they're playing that game of tag where he's like, even if you get rid of me, I'll still, you know, come back. I'll have a way of coming back. Yeah, and that's that's what usually happens with the time traveling. It's always a way. Just look at uh, Kang the Conqueror from the Marvel comic books, right? He always shows up somehow. They defeat him and he shows up. <laughs> There's no way of getting around it. Um, I've personally, I think I'm most excited for Legends, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I like the idea of them, also time travelers, going to different periods in time and stopping different crimes. And it seems like it's more of a, it might be more of a anthology type of show where it's a different hero, set of heroes every episode. Yeah, I think it's going to work out. And speaking of time traveling, do you think we might get Booster Gold? I, I can't see why they wouldn't have Booster Gold show up with the way that he's portrayed in the comic books now. You know, with uh, being a time traveler and, uh, you know, bombing around with uh, Rip Hunter. Did you happen to see the photos for Hawkman and Hawk Girl? I did. I did see the photos for Hawkman and Hawk Girl. I thought there was... I thought they looked pretty cool, but there was an obvious thing missing there. What did you think? I, I didn't see any wings. Did you see any wings? Yeah, nope. didn't see any wings at all. <laughs> I almost think that uh, since it's CW, they might go the same way as like uh, Castiel's wings in Supernatural, where it's all it's all CGI. 
that's probably the route that they're going to take. Yeah, I can only imagine because, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with practical wings, but, you know, the the CG wings would probably look a lot cooler if done right. Exactly. We don't want another general, uh, or not general, uh, Gorilla Grodd incident. (laughs) (laughs) I think think when they showed little clips of, of Gorilla Grodd, like when he... When they just showed him at the end of the episode, he looked really good. But when they did the whole episode with him, his it kind of looked a little, a little ch- chunky, a little, a little cheap. Yeah. But, you know, it's a TV show. They don't have a big budget like a movie, so I was okay with it. I mean, they tried. They yeah, exactly. They worked with what they had. Yeah. So I was I was okay with it. What do you think about uh, Arrow this coming up season? Did you see the new trailer for that? I'm actually kind of happy that they're bringing in the Lazarus Pit. Finally, man. I know that they mentioned it before, but just to see somebody actually come out of the pit for once. Well, we saw. I think that's gonna be something. We awesome. saw his sister coming out of the pit in last season. Yeah. So yeah, there's gonna be You're more right. repercussions from that. I think, which is gonna be awesome. Yeah. Now, see, to me, whenever I read the comic books, the Lazarus Pits weren't weren't able to bring someone back to life they were able to make someone younger or heal wounds or uh bring them back from almost dead but never a dead person back to life have you read uh batman hush yes and i know they they changed it for that yeah so i think that's that's weird that they that the change has been made and now it's permanent what do you think i because i like because it seems like it's always it's too much of a catch-all that if any character's going to die, oh, it's okay. We can bring them back to life with a, a Lazarus Pit now. But, I mean, to be completely honest, uh, that's reading Hush is the first time I've ever had any experience with the Lazarus Pit. So, my opinion, I always thought that they had the power to bring back anybody. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, see, my first reading of it, and maybe before that they could bring people back from the dead, but my first reading of it was... They couldn't. Uh, it could only bring back people who were almost dead, not fully dead. Okay. I do like the idea that, like, uh, with this Neil McDonough coming in as this Damian Dark character, he's talking about like the arrow's dead and what are you doing here? So I mean, I think that brings it more into the fact that they're going to be calling him Green Arrow and and it's going to be Star City instead of Starling City. Finally, those small changes. <laughs> I mean, it only took four seasons, but. I think we're catching up to uh, a green arrow that I recognize. Now, do you think maybe Ollie is going to be, you know, kind of like the smart ass, like how he is in the comics, or do you think he's still going to be grim, just like you know Bruce Wayne and Batman? I think he's still going to be Bruce Wayne light. He's never. I don't think we'll ever get the the wisecracking Ollie, liberal Lionheart guy. You know, it's just I just think they've already built up a, an Ollie so much in this TV show that if they made any drastic changes with them like that that they might lose some of their audience i guess yeah that's a good way of putting it i guess i mean i'm not i'm not a tv show runner so i don't know they might end up going that way which is fine with me i'll still be there but i don't i don't know if other people will i think i think a lot of people do like the fact that it's batman light batman for the tv yeah i mean it's funny that how many tv how many storylines come up in arrow that are rehashed of batman story arcs in the comic book you know like Lazarus Pits and Rachel Ghoul. I don't remember ever seeing Rachel Ghoul interact with Oliver Queen in the comic books same here <laughs> so that's that's I think that's pretty uh funny in a way so uh Liam Neeson actually wanted to 
um, you know, reprise his role as Roz for the TV show, but he had scheduling conflicts. How do you feel about about that? Really, I, I hadn't heard that story. Um, I think, I think you know what? Actually, in the Dark Knight trilogy, I always thought it was better that he was Henry Descartes, and I really wish that they would have kept him that way instead of making him Rachel Ghoul. But he did do a great job as Rachel Ghoul. So I think that if he really wanted to, and that's a, and that's a true story, yeah, it would have been cool to have <laughs> Liam Neeson on the TV being Rachel Ghoul. But then it would, I think it might confuse people. Where does it enter in into the Dark Knight trilogy world? To Nolan's sure. Batman. And the guy, the actor that played uh, the TV, Rachel Ghoul, I think he did a great job also. I think well, he was one of the better actors on the show altogether. Yeah. I f- I'm not going to lie. At first, I couldn't really get into it, but maybe seeing the third, second or third episode, and I was like, all right, yeah, I can, you know, I can do this guy. He'll do a good job. I think the only thing I had seen him in before that was uh, his role in um, the Riddick movie. He was the guy that was coming after Riddick. He was the leader of the the bounty hunters that were coming after Riddick on that planet. And the newest Riddick? The newest Riddick, yeah. He was the father of the character that Riddick was bringing in Riddick in Pitch Black. I really should learn these names if I want to talk about it. (laughs) Probably going to have go through the exact same thing, don't worry. (laughs) That would have been cool to have Liam Neeson come back, but I'm, I'm also glad that he didn't, I guess you should say. All right. Uh, since we're still nice. talking about this world, what do you think about Supergirl, which is made by the same people, but I don't know if it's supposed to be in the same universe. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's in the same universe, and I think they said that NBC or ABC picked it up, so I don't know if it's going to... Well, Supergirl is, is picked up by CBS, which is... Oh, CBS. Okay. Yeah, CBS is the half owner of CW. CW is owned by CBS and Warner Brothers. So, I mean, there's still the chance that the two worlds could interact. Do you think it's going to be a fun, colorful TV show, or do you think it might have its, you know, dark, gritty moments? I really don't I really don't see Supergirl getting any dark and gritty. I mean, every Supergirl comic book I've ever read, I don't think I've ever seen any real dark material. Uh, there was when they brought her back, and uh, Darkseid kind of raised her for a little bit. She was a little dark there, but I don't think it really stuck for too long. True. And then uh, you always had you had the storyline that they brought in in the comic books where uh, Supergirl is having all those memories of the and then having to capture all the prisoners I think from the Phantom Zone that her her dad put in there or her mom I don't remember which one which I think is what the TV show is going to be about so there's going to be okay. a lot of, a lot of Phantom Zone escapees I think and the she's going to be going around capturing them that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm definitely, all these shows I'm going to give a chance, I'm going to end up watching, I'll probably watch until they cancel, (laughs) even if it's a bad show. I'll just, I'll watch it. I watched Constantine, I liked Constantine, but they canceled that. Did you watch Constantine? No. You didn't catch it? (laughs) I didn't. Well, I think it's it's cool that they're going to be bringing him into the Green Arrow universe. He's, He's already filmed his episode or two episodes. And hopefully from there, maybe they can reconsider. Like, yeah, we'll give him another season. Maybe we'll give him another shot. Maybe he'll he'll show up in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. That'd be another possibility that could work. Do you think that uh, DC will ever jump on the Netflix bandwagon? I, you know, I don't know. If they're smart, they would. I think there's so much possibility there. I mean, look at how Daredevil did, and they were able to go 
darker than what uh, Agents of Shield does, and they're you know they don't they they connect it to the to the movie universe, but there's nothing that intercedes with the movie universe. You know what I mean? Never nothing. Yeah. Uh, nothing intersects. It's not really like you didn't see Captain America or Iron Man show up in the middle of Daredevil in the middle of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I just love that Daredevil is so dark i felt that that's the way it should be oh yeah it was as well it was definitely he was the the epitome of a street level hero you know he's he's down there dealing with the muggers and the kidnappers and stuff like that so that captain american iron man can go fight the aliens in the sky (laughs) worry about big big problems real big problems (laughs) exactly and i think that's what we're going to get out of like jessica jones and Luke, luke cage and Iron Fist, if they end up doing that, I don't know if they, if that's still on the slate. With Marvel, you can never tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did you think of the last, other than other than what you said, what did you think of the last season of Daredevil? First season of Daredevil? It, I liked the writing a lot. Um, did feel like I was actually watching. Well, take that back. It feel like it was more of a crime story than it was a actual comic book story i mean it did have it's kind of you know that really couldn't happen in real life but it's so it was really well written kept me engaged you know kept i've been to watch it <laughs> just had me addicted i just had to keep on going and going and going i you know i thought it was like a 13 hour movie really like the way the whole season plays out is is you have the beginning, you have a middle, and you have an ending. It's but it's instead of just being in one episode, which each episode also has that, the whole season itself just felt like one thirteen hour movie, which made it so that I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to not binge the ep- the season, you know. <laughs> it all ran really smoothly, and and then some of the episodes I kind of left off to be continued, picked right back up, and still had that great momentum going oh exactly yeah so then that i guess that would bring us into jessica jones what do you how do you feel about that did you watch the teaser trailer yeah and actually i mean i felt like it was a little bit uneventful for the teaser trailer but again it's just a teaser exactly it's just a teaser i think i uh, i I watched again last night on my big screen and with my better sound system i think i picked up some things just in the sound like i at the very beginning of the trailer so someone's kind of whispering Jessica in the background so I'm thinking that's probably Tennant as the purple man which is pretty cool I think that was awesome casting but I just like David Tennant you know <laughs> I'm a big <laughs> Doctor Who fan so I'm, I'm I'm glad he's gonna be in the Marvel U now or the Marvel Cinematic U yeah um the picture the or the I should say the uh, the art style of the trailer is very much like the alien Brian, Brian Michael Bendis alias comic book that came out that, you know, pretty much made Jessica Jones, a, a Marvel character. Did you read any of that book? No, <laughs> you know, I didn't either back in the day when it first, when it came out, I didn't read any of it. So I didn't, I didn't know much about the character until she showed up in, uh, was it new Avengers with Luke Cage? Okay. But from the sounds of it, she runs her own, she's, Super powered being, she loses her powers at some point. She becomes a private detective, then eventually hooks up with Luke Cage, gets her powers back. So they have a baby. That's the comic books. Whether or not that's gonna, they're gonna follow that to the T and the and the TV show is another story. When I read her in the New Avengers comic book, I don't think 
I really saw Kristen Ritter <laughs> as, <laughs> as the actress to play her, but I don't really have a problem with Kristen Ritter either. She's she's a, she's a good actress, so I'm excited to see what she has to do. Nice. Uh, I I mean I've only seen one show with her, and that's Breaking Bad, and that was kind of short lived for her too. But <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I don't think I've gotten to the episodes where she was in the show because I I only watched like the first season. But uh, I did remember from Veronica Mars and Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. So those are all shows with her in it. Okay. I heard that. Uh, oh, God. The last show you mentioned, I heard that one's really good. Oh, the Don't Trust the Bee? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a pretty funny show. Or at least it was. It's, it's no longer on TV. <laughs> <laughs> God, man. I heard they were talking about getting canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Doc- well, you know, it's it's hard to keep a TV show on the air. You gotta, they gotta get. There's so many options now. I mean, it's not just the 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 four networks on you know ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. You got TNT, AMC, FX. I mean, some of the best shows are on cable instead of network. Yeah. So that's why I'm just waiting for a sh- one of the comic book shows to show up on there. Like I think it was supposed to be <laughs> the Titans show, the one about the the Teen Titans is supposed to show up on TNT. Yeah. Yep, I remember hearing about that too. Which I think would be pretty incredible. I love team shows, so I like ensemble casts. So I like, I can't wait to see if that shows up. You know, ever since then, I hadn't actually really heard anything about it. So who knows if it's still if it's still a go? It's right, yeah. I remember. Uh, I want to say probably about a year back, there was they were talking about doing a Krypton show on on Sci-Fi, which obviously didn't get picked up. Yep. That was supposed to be the same writers of Game of Thrones, just a few of them from the TV show. Obviously, not the books. Right. <laughs> He's uh, George R. R. Martin's a little busy. We need him to write the rest of the books. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think that would have been kind of interesting, like a a Krypton, like following Jor-el and his daily uh, science science ex- adventures. <laughs> you really can't just have. Him running around being a scientist, so eventually it'll just get old, and they're like, "Eh, that's ah, on TV." I don't know. You could you do it like uh, Supernatural, which has been on eleven years. You can investigate something different every week, and this is an yeah. alien world. These are things. This it's a whole new science. It's it's uh, things that we don't know about here on Earth. And if you showed me every week a world that looked like the Krypton that we saw in Man of Steel, I'd be okay because that that Krypton looked pretty fucking awesome. And it got destroyed. <laughs> well, so. we always know what's going to eventually happen to Krypton. <laughs> That's true. But, you, you know, we could have at least five seasons of, of watching it. And then, you know, the last two seasons, uh, Jarrell sitting there talking about how, hey, something's about happening to the core, the core of Krypton. We need, to, we need to investigate this. And everybody else being like, nah, you're crazy with your science. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. So we got the Krypton, and we had the Phantom Zone. I mean, what? I mean, that show would have been good. I, I it could have taken off, but I mean, there's. I feel like there's not that many Superman. Um, I mean, if you also Superman think about it, fans think about like all the other characters, the galactic characters from the Mar- the DCU that would have that could have showed up. Like, you could have Green Lantern Corps characters show up. You could have had Martian Manhunter show up. Not that. I don't think Martian, the Martian Manhunters or Martians ever showed up in on Krypton, but who knows? They could have. 
Those are stories. Yeah. Those are all things. You could have had people from uh, Rand or Thanagar. You could have had Hawk people show up on on Krypton. All before Krypton blows up. All before <laughs> Superman was even shot to Earth. Yep. Let's not talk about any more about a show that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, one of the other shows I think I it's, that looks like it's, it did really well in its first season was Gotham. What did you th- did you watch Gotham? I watched Gotham. I think I still need to watch about two episodes to finish the the season. Okay. Personally, um, from what I saw, some of the acting was bad. No, you say some of the acting was bad? I mean, come on. It's not like they were eating the scenery around in there. I mean, it was just, it was, uh, yeah, some of it was pretty horrendous. And they're they're trying to bring in all these different villains. And it's not like just villains. It's like the parents of these villains. Because you had like the father of Black Mask. You had the father of Scarecrow. You had uh, the, the makings of the Red Hood. You had... Uh, all these characters that were, you know, they're trying, they're trying to remind you that these characters exist in the DCU, and then Gotham had them before Batman showed up. Yep. Like, I, so I think one of my favorite characters in the show, and I know everybody loves the Penguin. I don't think, I don't think he does he's a great job of, of the Penguin. At least he's not the Penguin I know, but I think the Riddler was a cool character. Just to start him off as nerdy and nobody likes him, and then just to. <laughs> Slowly develop. Yeah, Enigma. Enigma's sitting in there, and he's sitting in his his uh, CSI lab, just coming up with different riddles to try and help out the detectives, and but they don't appreciate him. And then he falls in love with some some girl that's a uh, what is she a coroner? No, she's just a clerk. Yeah, she's just a clerk or something like that. And she, uh, you know, he he ends up killing a guy for. I know it was insane just to see that. I was like. Oh shit! <laughs> so I don't see why. Uh, I I thought that he did the best job on the show, other than uh, Ben McKenzie and and Donald Logue. I think they did pretty good. Like he, Donald Logue's Harvey Bullock was pretty good. Yeah, I feel like he he to me he reminds me of the cartoon Harvey, uh, and I think he did a good job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he. I mean, I like that he's a cop before Gordon shows up. He's a cop that kind of goes along with everybody else, and he's he's. He's not so much bad, but he is corrupt. He obviously is taking what he wants to take and doing what he wants to do. But Gordon comes along and he's showing him basically another way to doing things, or at least the proper way to do things as a cop. But then again, a lot of the stuff is rubbing off on Gordon too. You know, he's not he's not completely uh, you know clean in the show. Yeah, and I mean maybe. If it keeps on going, maybe we'll just see him rising up to the Jim Gordon that we know and love now that does everything by the book. <laughs> well, not everything. I mean, he employs uh, a vigilante that dresses up like a bat to solve a lot of his cases. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's, I, don't think, I don't think that shows up in the police handbook anywhere. <laughs> but yes, the, the Jim Gordon that employees. we read about is, is a lot more of, uh, you know, doing the right thing. See another uh, who I thought, or uh, I guess my favorite story story arc, even though it's just really short, um, from Gotham was actually um, the whole Jonathan Crane thing and his dad. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Okay, I like. I mean, I like the the idea that that you know, uh, 
Jonathan Crane had this father that was so obsessed with fear that it, he kind of put it into him. And he even had like, he even like exposed him to the fear toxin for like a long period of yep. time. So just so he could get over it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think though, when they throw in a lot of these, their, their parent was the one that exposed him to it. I think it kind of takes away from the legacy that that character ends up bringing to the, the comic book anyways. Like, when you find out that Dr. Crane or Scarecrow's father was also, you know, a psychiatrist that was working yes. on fear stuff, it it kind of takes away the fact that Crane didn't come up with it himself. Yeah. And same with uh, uh, Roman Sionis or Sionis. Sionis. Sionis, thank you. You know, he, his father was obsessed with mass too, so now he's obsessed with mass. Yeah. And the comics, I think... Um... Batman kind of creates him too. He's stopping a robbery and like the mask just kind of like burns onto him. That's why it's a permanent mask that he can never take off. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess I I missed that in the in my Batman reading. I did. I just thought it was just a mask that he he could take off and on whenever he wanted. He just doesn't. No, it's permanently it's, on there now. It's permanently on there. Okay. Well, that's cool. I mean, I always liked. Uh, Black Mask because I thought he was like he has the theatrics of the other villains but then he's also very much just a mob boss and he's ruthless and he learns things and he f- figures things out about Gotham so that he can use it to his advantage. Like a true mobster. <laughs> like a true mobster exactly. So he doesn't I mean he has henchmen Is that be? I mean the closest thing would be he's like the penguin. The penguin's kind of like him he, you know the, well, at least the penguin that I, I've read he, he's he's in there as a he's a mob boss and he just, he wants to be the the kingpin of crime, I guess without using a better word or a better term. He's wants to be Falcone. He wants to be, uh, Maroni. Maroni. What'd you think of David Zayas on the show? <laughs> I thought, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good use of him. I think he's a, even in the Batman universe, he's a very minor Batman rogue. So yeah. I thought it was a good use of him as a hired assassin or torturer or gun, whatever you want to call. Cause he's, he looked psychotic in that show. <laughs> yeah, he did. Not and that he I, doesn't just about every iteration of David Zaz looks, or is it David or, or Vic, Victor? Victor? I was actually acting about the actor, but yeah, you're talking about Victor Zaz, but I think he did look batshit. Oh, who are you <laughs> talking about? Um, David Zayas, the guy from, uh, from Dexter. Um, I think he played Falcon. Oh, uh, no, he played Maroney. Oh yeah. Maroney. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> we can still talk about Victor's ass. I mean, he's in the preview for what Arrow, and he still looks psychotic. He still looked like fucking Zaz in that TV show and that little clip that they showed of him. Yeah, yeah. Well, wasn't he also because he was in uh, he didn't that actor show up in Flash? Yeah, like as as the 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 smoke guy or the guy who turned into smoke or something like that, or was he yeah, the he guy was- that did multiples of himself? I don't think it was Multiple Man. I think it was... Uh, I think it was well, it wouldn't be just... Multiple Man. Multiple Man's from Marvel, so it would have been Multiplex. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but he look, did look psychotic in Flash. So what do you want to say about David, though? Because I like him as an actor. I just don't think that he was good as Maroney. Yeah, same here. I didn't feel like he exactly fit. Not saying, you know, Maroney can't be, you know, a Latino man, but just saying that. I always thought of it as um, 
an Italian crime boss, and he didn't, you know, his accent kind of got in the way. Um, I felt like he was written too, too silly. I couldn't take him seriously. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think the his accent really did kill it. If he would have just kept his normal talking voice, I would have accepted it more than him trying to do an accent. It just sounded bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, but like I said, I like I like him as an actor. I liked him in Dexter. I thought he was a he was one of the great characters on that show. Bautista. Never Bautista. That show. <laughs> Angel. Ah <laughs> oh, man, and that show disappointed me. I uh stupid Dexter. You see, I'm one of the few people that thought the ending was good. I thought the end of the show was good. It made sense to me. I think that's that's the proper way that what he would have to do because you don't want to see the character die but you don't want to see him get away with stuff either because he's killing people he's a bad guy i i, I would have been happy if if they would have killed off dexter been completely happy with that i would have been okay with that too but i like the fact that he didn't die i think i think he puts himself in uh isolation in the middle of canadian tundra being <laughs> a lumberjack was pretty funny i, I, I thought it was a good i thought it was a good ending I guess, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to agree with me. You can you can argue. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just I felt like it under underplayed it for me. But again, I I mean I see where you're coming from with him. You know, you don't want to see him get away with it completely. But I mean, this character is completely miserable <laughs> now, and just <laughs> and shouldn't he be miserable? He killed people <laughs> for a good like, reason. Well, even if you want to say that he killed, he only killed uh, bad guys or people that got away with crimes. He still killed people that that were not necessarily bad too, because they found out a secret. I mean, his sister ended up having to die because she found out a secret. I know, and that was very, very sad. Actually, it hit me <laughs> right in the feels. <laughs> I think it was uh, even more of a. a a powerful scene just thinking about the fact that the two actors you know were married and at one point in time so it's you gotta imagine there was a lot of emotion on that set that day yeah all the time another one that hit me in the feels was rita i'll never let that down hey <laughs> I, I i always heard the story was that she didn't even know she was gonna die she she came in to set one day and they're like okay here's a script where you die <laughs> <laughs> And that's how you find out you got fired. And that's how you find out <laughs> you need to find a new job next season. But yeah, that was that was so out of left field. Yeah. When she when she was found dead in that, that tub, so it's crazy. I think we've hit all the show oh no, we hit we missed Agent Carter. Did you watch Agent Carter last season? No no, I just No, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> okay. I thought it was pretty good. I thought Agent Carter was a good show. I thought it really bridges the gap of uh, between Captain America and then the modern day Marvel Cinematic U, like we got to see the basically got to see the the Red Room that where where Black Widow is created, or at least one of the Red Rooms, maybe not be the one that Black Widow was created in, but one where other assassins like her were, were created. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> you see, you know, she's a character that's not only showing up in her own TV show, and she's but she's been in the movies. She she showed up in Ant Man. You know, yep. she's she showed up. She's showing up everywhere to be almost like a linchpin. She's almost Coulson throughout time. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I I'm I'm looking forward to their further adventures, and I like the fact that she teams up with 
Jarvis, Howard, Howard Starks, um, you know, Butler. Yeah. So it, it kind of gives you an idea of what, uh, where, why Tony Stark named his AI Jarvis. Cause you know, that would have been a guy that, um, that kind of helped him get raised that kind of helped raise him like, like Batman's Alfred. <laughs> They're basically the same. <laughs> uh, they're they're pretty similar. <laughs> they're pretty similar. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the adventures of Agent Carter and what else she's gonna do. Like, I like a lot of the actors too. Like, uh, the guy that plays um, the the cripple in the show, uh, Ember Gorjack. I can't really. He's like a Russian name. I don't really know how to say it. But he showed up on uh, the first thing I ever saw him in was Dollhouse. I thought he was a great actor there. I thought he was able to change personalities really well. So I'm excited to see what he does in this character. Okay. And uh, how many episodes were in the first season of Agent Carter? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm gonna say probably ten because it wasn't a lot. Oh, so it's a short season then. Right. It was. It was the they had uh, their episodes during. Agents of Shield's uh, hiatus for Christmas, so okay. I want to say between uh, December and November or February is when they played the Agent Carter episodes. Well, if it gets uh, released on Netflix, then I'll uh, I'll definitely watch it to give you my opinion on Agent Carter. Yeah, I think I mean I wouldn't doubt that they're going to release it on on uh, Netflix. Seeing as how the the other seasons of uh, Agents of or, Shield. Agent Shield, yeah, exactly. The first season of Agent Shield is on there. I imagine the second season of Agent Shield is probably going to show up pretty soon. I guess the only reason why I haven't really watched the TV shows that are on on the networks only because I heard that season, the first season of um, Agents of Shield was really, really cheesy. It was really cheese ball. I would say the first half of the first season of Agents of Shield was kind of cheese ball. Once they, I think once they finally got the idea that they want, they should connect it more to the cinematic universe. Um, it became a lot better. Like when it's when they had it be part of the Winter Soldier storyline, where it leads right into the movie. Uh, the show really picked up for me. So the second season was amazing. Okay. So does that mean you haven't been watching Agents of Shield? No, just for that reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should definitely get into it. I mean, especially since you read the comic books, I think more than anything, that show sticks closer to the comic books than the other comic book TV shows, other than Daredevil and hopefully Jessica Jones. Okay. Because, like, even though that they're doing, they do a lot of, uh, the big first, okay, the first uh, half of the first season is a lot of Villain of the Week episodes. Eventually they start getting into uh, Hydra being part of Shield, and that's a big part of the second season because that was a big, big reveal in in Winter Soldier, you know. Yeah. So, so that was it's it's. Uh, you should really give it a chance just so you can get to the second season. I thought was really great. Okay. You get you get death characters like Deathlock showing up all the time. You get uh, uh, the first Kree, I think. Yeah, I think you get the first mentions of Kree in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are, are from Shield, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
So okay. Inhumans is, is mentioned, and we know there's going to be a movie eventually of the Inhumans. So yeah, that's a big storyline that's going on right now. And then uh, everything that's shaping up for the next season, all the promote the promo uh, items talk about uh, um, Secret Warriors, which was I thought a great part, one of the best parts of Secret Invasion, the Secret Secret Invasion comic books was was Secret Warriors. You had all these. Uh, superpowered beings that Nick Fury got together that no one knew about, like uh, the son of Ares, Phobos, and you got uh, Daisy Johnson, you know, the son, the daughter of Mr. Hyde. So these are all superpowered beings that no one thought to look into, other than Nick Fury, of course. Okay. And they played a big part in Secret Invasion and stopping the Scroll invasion, you know? Yeah. So I'm pretty happy with the show so far. Nothing uh, really has let me down about it. So I guess you can call it entertaining. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's very entertaining. All right. Uh, speaking of Agent Carter, though, um, Dominic Cooper, who plays Howard Stark, and he showed up a bunch in Agent Carter, which was eight episodes. I just looked up. There's eight episodes in the first season. Oh, okay. Uh, Dominic Cooper is going to be playing Preacher on AMC. So that's a comic book show that's and it's being produced by uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, so so that's another comic book show that's going to be showing up here pretty soon. Huh? You got to do research into that one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some research too. I don't think I've ever read any Preacher comic books. No. Since you brought up Seth Rogen, what did you think of the Green Hornet? <laughs> um I think I enjoyed it on my second watch cuz I think the first watch I was expecting something different so the second watch I knew what I was getting into since I'd already seen it and I liked it more. I mean there's parts that are funny. It's and it's not your typical uh superhero movie, so it was okay. What'd you think? I thought it was you know pretty funny over the top you know, some points, but I thought it was really funny. It was entertaining. Worth, worth my money. Huh? As long as it's worth your money, that's yeah. always a good deal for you, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, I thought, you know, the, the action sequences with, uh, with, uh, Kato were pretty good. The, yeah. the humor was really good with Seth Rogen. And I thought he did a pretty decent job of getting into shape for the, a character that's supposed to be really good at kickboxing. <laughs> Something that we didn't really see, but, you know. Exactly. And so today, uh, Walking Dead comes back, right? Well, we got the Fear of the Walking Dead comes on tonight. Yeah, episode three. Right, episode three. So Since yeah. last week, they took a little break. They took a break for the holiday weekend. Yep. What, are you watching the, are you watching the Fear of the Walking Dead? <laughs> I saw the first half of the first episode with, uh, with Jesse. Uh, okay. Matt. And, yeah, it was a little bit slow. I did, like, the first maybe five minutes opening sequence uh, when they're in the chapel and then he runs out and just gets hit by that car and then trying to explain what's going on. Everybody looks at him like he's crazy. Now, see, this show isn't necessarily based off any comic book, right? I mean, it's indirectly based off of The Walking Dead. Yeah, that's the beginning of the outbreak. Right, so, but, I mean, there's no there's no comic book out there where it's... uh. The, the beginning of the outbreak is there no okay I didn't think so so I mean 
I like I, I'm enjoying the show. Uh, I think that it's going to quickly become The Walking Dead, though, because how long could it take for the virus to really uh, start to dem- decimate people? Like even the previews for this week, this week's episode shows, uh, you know, helicopters and military being brought in to start fighting this, whatever it is. And that's what we see when Rick finally wakes up from his comas. You see tanks everywhere. You see helicopters down, you know, half yeah. the, more than half the world's population is decimated, is gone. <clears throat> so I think, I think the show isn't going to be different from the walking dead for too long. And that's the unfortunate part for me. Yeah, probably not. But I mean, I guess we have our own different characters here, so they're going to have their own different set of problems. But ultimately, you're right. It's going to come down to survival. Yes, exactly. It's going to. It's in, and eventually, I think the the great thing about this the show is that we still have the parts where the characters are afraid of zombies. Still, like in the in the the regular Walking Dead show, people the characters aren't afraid of zombies. They walk up to them, they stab them in the head, and they walk away. It's the other people that they're afraid of. Yeah. More more than anything. So I think this show, you're still going to have a lot of the arc, the main characters being afraid of zombies, and maybe to a lesser degree, people. Like I mean, they're still going to there's gonna, people are going to start looting again, or you know, they're going to do things that are going to hurt our main characters. But I think more often than not, I mean, even look at. Oh, you didn't see the second episode yet. So, but the second episode, there's a, a a guy who owns a barbershop that lets the family into their barbershop to to wait out the riot that's happening outside, and that's not something you would see in The Walking Dead. Nope. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of people that will 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 help you out. But I I I mean I like the idea where the show's going and what they're trying to do, uh, which I don't have a complete problem. But the only thing that really does bother me is uh you know with with the way our civilization is growing, our society, I mean, we've been around Hollywood, we've been exposed to zombies for, what, 50 years now? I feel like somebody would, in this day and age, would recognize a zombie. I know, that's the, well, I think that's the thing, that the, that's the world that they've created in The Walking Dead, is that uh, there's no such thing as zombie or that type of movie or that type of genre in their world no one's ever made george <laughs> romero never <laughs> made uh, his movies you know uh i, I, I obviously because no one ever says the word zombie in in, in his world it's all walkers, walkers. Or biters or or whatever you know yeah deadheads it's just uh, i just it's and it's i imagine it's just got to be difficult to keep writing around that to write so that the characters never say the word zombie or, hey, I remember a movie where this happened. Yeah, but I, I guess you're right, too, because uh, I remember they would always ask, like, what are those things, you know? Yeah, exactly. So they, uh, you just have to basically put a, a suspension of disbelief that no one's ever created a fiction where people came back from the dead and started chewing on other people. That's actually a really good point. <laughs> Almost feel sad for that world. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess brings us to the next season of The Walking Dead. What do you? What do you? Are you caught up on that? I did finish the last season. I still haven't seen the preview for what's what's up and coming. Okay. Well, I I don't think I've seen the preview for what's up and coming yet either. So I'm excited to find out what the the group is going to do in Alexandria. Same here, and it was just not gonna lie, it was pretty badass to see Rick kind of have a 
a governor moment then and there at uh, the wrap up of this final season or this past season. Yeah, but see, I don't even think I think saying that he has he's he's becoming the governor is still even too much of a a jump. I mean, he he waited until uh, Deanna told him to to kill the guy before he killed the guy. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think he still has a respect for the command of chain or the chain of command, but he still, uh, but he knows what needs to be done to exist in this 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 post apocalyptic zombie world. You have to be able to. You know, certain people aren't shouldn't be allowed to live. Yeah, and that that's a really good point. But I mean, if you remember, there's a couple of episodes where he completely lost it and wanted to kill that guy. He knew he was a wife beater, but he wanted to kill him without an actual reason, without presenting that reason to, you know, to whoever's running Alexandria. I forgot her name. <laughs> yeah, Deanna. He he yeah, never. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing is that he never did kill him. He did. I think I, the only reason why he the only. It was it wasn't until after the he found out that he was a wife beater and a kid beater that he wanted to harm the guy. I mean, he, I think he Rick started having feelings for the for the wife, but he didn't. He backed off when he found out she was married. But then yeah. when he found out that she was that the guy was a bad guy, he wanted to do something about it. And then Deanna told him, "Well, we kind of all just looked the other way because he's our only doctor." So then it really started eating at him and it started bugging him. So. I understand the the need for a doctor in this type of world, but where do you draw the line? And I think that's what was eating up Rick, just thinking about there's this guy over there that's just beating on his wife over and over, and he's it's okay for him to do it because we need his skills. Yeah. And um, I have read the comics. I'm a little bit past um, the Alexandria safe zone, but... I don't think I've hit the part where, you know, remember how some of the walkers have the W marked on their heads? Right. I'm a little at a loss there. What's going on? I need to pick, up, pick it up. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think that, I mean, you saw that, like, uh, part where the, uh, was it Daryl and the other uh, scout guy, the recruiter, went out looking for stuff and they got stuck in that uh, that shipping yard? Yeah. So it says, it said the... It said wolves are coming or something like that. Yeah. So on the side of the car. So I think it's safe to assume that the W stands for wolves. Whatever wolves, that yeah. means. It exactly. didn't, wasn't also the, the character Morgan met up with like that tried to kill him? Didn't they call themselves wolves? Yeah. Or they had at least had the W's on their head. Yeah. So sure. that that's uh, interesting to see how that plays out. Obviously, it's going to have major influence in this upcoming season. Yeah. This upcoming season, I think, is going to be really interesting. I mean, seeing as how uh, there's already a hole in their defenses around Alexandria, and then you have a, a whole group, a, a whole city that doesn't quite understand why Rick is probably calling the shots now, or his people are taking over everything, because I think that was a big tension at the end of the last season where... Uh, you know, uh, one guy was already taking over the construction crew. Uh, Glenn was taking over the runners, and and Rick is already becoming a constable. So, I mean, if from anybody on the inside of the city that wasn't part of the 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 Deanna's main main group would be like, well, why do these guys just come in and start making decisions? Yeah. Let's see, um, I mean, I really did like the way it wrapped up. Um... I'm just excited for what's happening, but I'm just trying to figure out when they're going to introduce the next main villain. 
which I'm looking forward to. Right. Yeah. I mean, because that's that is what makes a great part of the show is the different different villains that they bring in. We had, you know, the people of Terminus. We had the governor. You know, you have uh, Shane. <laughs> Shane. Yeah. Shane was a big villain in that first season. <laughs> Uh, sad to in see him go. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's, it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the new season, I guess I should say. Okay. Okay. How about, how about this? Let me take back my, my whole statement that I said that he's becoming more like the governor. He's actually becoming more like Shane. That's how Shane was in the very beginning of the show. Okay. I'll give you that. Maybe that, that's a, probably a good analogy. He's more looking out for his own people and not caring so much about what happens outside, but. I think you see what happens when Shane is running the group. You you get Sophia killed. <laughs> <laughs> and then Otis gets killed. And Otis gets killed, yeah, that's true. So it's uh, uh I, I'm I'm interested to see it. I mean from the original group of when Rick joined up uh out out of his coma, you, I think all you left is Carol, Daryl and, and Glenn. Carl, right? Oh and Glenn. Yeah, so there's not much people left. No. But that's uh, I think that's the great thing about the show is that you never know who's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Except for, you know, we can't, we can't kill Daryl. No one's ever allowed to kill Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know people would have lost their shit if he would have died in that little shipping yard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think there was a whole lot of people that <laughs> lost their shit. <laughs> People would have rioted. <laughs> show would have gone canceled. Well, it's not so much the show got canceled as <laughs> the network would have burned down. So. <laughs> well, I think we did a good job of covering all the different shows. What do you think? Yeah, I feel pretty comfortable. I don't think there was anything that we missed. Um, if anybody is listening, that would is there a show that we should talk more about? Or is there questions that you wanted to us to go over go ahead and reach us at facebook our facebook page is uh geek elite radio we're part of the geek elite radio network uh we have a twitter page which is also geek elite radio there's email geek elite radio at gmail.com my personal twitter page is at agent underscore of the underscore bat (laughs) (laughs) mine's a little difficult (laughs) Mine's too difficult. I'm not even going to throw my, my Twitter, <laughs> Twitter handle. No, you don't even throw your Twitter handle out there? No. That's okay. Uh, but uh, I'm Mitch. And I'm Daniel. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show. <laughs> and I hope you enjoyed the show too. This is Televised Heroics. See you next week. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.